Welcome to the Yellow Jackets Hive presented by CordCutting.com. I'm Media Melanie here with... And I'm Emily. We're back. This is a live stream. We're going to be covering today one of those topics that we like to debate, which is which timeline is more compelling than the other? Emily, just big picture view overall, and we'll get into the nitty gritty here soon, but which is your favorite timeline? I have to go with the teen. I just have to. There's just so much more meat in that part of the story and meat good choice of words yes. <laughs> that was completely <laughs> unintentional too um, like and i am just so curious to see how they arrive at the point that we see in the pilot with pit girl and cannibal council that's like one of my biggest lingering questions as to how they get there who those people are who fills what roles who goes in what side if they split that kind of thing so yeah, definitely the teen. What about you? I'm going to go with teen. And just to your point of the pit girl and cannibal council, like talk about a deep tease. They yeah. brought this stuff into the pilot and we're almost going into season three and haven't seen any of that stuff. So like deepest tease yeah. of all time, first of all. I have friends that I've watched that are upset that we haven't gotten to that point in the story yet. They're like, how much longer can they drag this out for? I'm like it's a slow burn show. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Same. And some people that I've turned on to the show, that's one of their biggest complaints is, hey, mm -hmm. they draw you in with the, this, you know, awesome scene of people sitting around a fire, dressed in these costumes, this girl getting slaughtered, but yeah. still no sign of it. So no, not and even a hint. Speaking of Pit Girl, Kennedy. Hello, Kennedy. <laughs> how are you? Uh, Pit Girl is Jen. I don't disagree, and hopefully we will get answers soon. But, you know, Emily, I'm with you. I definitely – I feel like the teen timeline is just overall more compelling because yeah. there's a lot of unknown. We don't know how they arrive at certain things in the present day, but it's conflicting for me because I'm a 40-something-year-old woman, and I feel yeah. like I should be – more into the adult timeline. And maybe in one sense, I relate to it more being that that's like my demographic. Yeah. But from a drama storytelling TV standpoint, it's got to be the teen timeline. I'm kind of in the middle of them age wise. I mean, I'm a little closer to the adults than I am to the teens, but I'm kind of in the middle. So I relate to both in a sense. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. But you know what? I will say your show notes today are so great. You brought up so many pros and cons for each. And we're just going to kind of go through, starting with season one, do a comparison of the timelines, talk about some pros, cons, and then hopefully some people will chime in in the comments. Let us know, you know, what you think. Let's start with the time passed in each season during season one. Emily, mm -hmm. start with the teen timeline. How much time do we assume passed in season one? So we estimate from the beginning to the end of season one that in between five and six months have passed. We know the group had to miss prom to attend nationals, which for, for me, prom was at the end of May when I was in high school. So yep. I that's where I put it at, it, them being at the end of May when they leave. We're able to estimate how much time has passed through some Easter eggs like Shauna's pregnancy is obviously a huge indicator as to how much time has passed. Um, yes. When they first get out there, she doesn't know she's pregnant. She realizes she's pregnant because all the other girls start getting their period and she doesn't get her period. So I think we're supposed to think that she gets pregnant the night before they leave, mm. that night that she has sex with Jeff. I yep. think that's when they want us to think that her pregnancy started. And that would make it 
that would make it so that the timeline would like link sync up with how much time has passed to the end of season two, like her at the end of her pregnancy, like that's nine months. So, and at the beginning, she's not showing at all. And she starts to show towards the end of season one, when we see doom coming, she struggles to get her dress zipped up. She has to have somebody else help her dress zip up. Mm -hmm. And you can see her belly starting to starting to get a little, little puffy. So cute, by the way. <laughs> we can also estimate how much time has passed based on the weather because when they first crash, they're able to safely sleep outside for a couple nights and not have to worry about the elements until they find the cabin. And at the end of season one, Jackie sleeps outside and ends up freezing to death because it snows for the first time, which mm. I think puts them – just based on the fact that June coming was supposed to be around homecoming Halloween. I think that puts that at the, like the beginning of November for the first snowfall. Right. And maybe even slightly sooner. I mean, gosh, it gets cold up there. Right. But yeah. definitely sometime in that fall region. So that makes sense. And that would be about five or six months, like from yep. May to November. So yeah, you're, there are clues. Um, it stinks that we don't know. I've been thinking about this all day that we don't know if they've been keeping track of how much time has actually passed while they're out there. Like they obviously have obvious indicators like Shauna's pregnancy, but do they know the exact day, the month, the do you know what I mean? Have right. They like, did they start making tick marks or something yeah. when they crashed? Now, we've talked yeah. about this. I would assume Shauna, with her journaling, yep. would have been tracking in some way, like day one, day two, or if not mm -hmm. the dates, just how many physical days. But I also wonder, as the time passes and they're hungrier and colder, do they forget to do that? Or maybe yeah. that's part of their routine. They wake up every morning, they put the tick on the wall and, you know. But it. if they were keeping track and they were using a system like that where they were like drawing marks or something like that, if the cabin burned down, that probably like went with it. So they're so their tracking of time is gone now if they did do something like that. Because the map that we saw uh Ty, Van, Coach, Nat all looking at and using in season two, that obviously I'm assuming burned in the fire. Because nobody we didn't see anybody that. grab that. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Big loss. Yeah. Big, big loss. Yeah. Big time. Oof. So in terms of season one, in the adult present day timeline, how much time do we estimate past? And just let me preface this by saying what an unequal passage of time between the oh two timelines. Gosh. Like that's something that's always just really stood out to me is how yeah. it can be so little time in one and then months in the other. So it's yeah. interesting from a storytelling and consistency standpoint, but again, two different timelines. So, you know, mm -hmm. well, hardly any time passes from Travis's death in the beginning of the season until the end of season one. We know this because, we see Halloween and we see Ty's political campaign and election day, which election day always falls on the first Tuesday of November. So it has to be around that time in the adult timeline. But these are mere days going by. It's only a brief time later that the adults start to receive like the blackmail threats that we see in season one. And it I don't know about you, but I think we've had this discussion before. It seems like the reunion and the election fell on the same day. Yes, we did conclude that. And 
it's probably one of those suspension of disbelief situations. But if election day is on a Tuesday, again, they're probably not going to hold a reunion event on a Tuesday night. I mean, I would assume it would be a Friday or a weekend. So all in all, it's impossible for more than a month max to have gone by in the adult timeline. And that's being generous. I think it's less than that. I think that it's more like two weeks. God, and wild. Yeah. Somebody pointed out on, I think it was Reddit a long time ago, that they made a point to say what day it was in every episode of the adult timeline in season one somebody Mm -hmm. references what day it is in every single episode so like for example when uh they have jackie's birthday brunch jeff asked sean if she forgot what day it is he says it's wednesday did you think it was monday or something like that so every episode they say what day it is and it i feel like that's an indicator to show too that not a lot of time is going by Right. Definitely. And, you know, just one thing on on time, and we have the comment in here from Sylvia, I wish we saw the episode where they got rescued and a reporter would have said the date. I was looking for that. Yes, that would have been great. We believe yeah. it's 1998. But also, we're getting a third timeline. This mm-hmm. has been teased by the showrunners. And so that's something we can look forward to to season three. Yeah. We assume it will be the rescue timeline, which would be 1998. Mm-hmm. It's possible it could be before the crash because we've also seen that they're teasing the return of Allie. So is Allie in the 98 timeline? Is this pre-crash? Like, when is it? I lean towards 1998, the rescue timeline, of course. Yeah. I think that the 98 timeline has potential to be better than, like, both timelines that we have already. Wow. That's a strong statement, Emily. That is a strong statement. I like that. I mean, we're also curious to see what they do when they like reintegrate into society and are back in their normal lives after being in such a traumatic environment for 19 months. That's such a long time. Such a long time with so many alarming things that happen. Yeah, so many. <laughs> Ugh. Essentially, season one, not a lot of time has passed. But now let's talk about how much time do we think passes between seasons. And again, I think this passage of time is is an important thing in our discussion of which one is more compelling because it really feeds into the flow of the entire stories. Mm-hmm. Well, between for the teen timeline between seasons, we figure it's around 2 months to be exact because the showrunners have come out and said that it was around that much time that had passed in between seasons. Also, Another indicator, again, is Shauna's pregnancy. She looks a lot more pregnant when we see her at the beginning of season two than she did in season one. Yes, she does. When she's sitting in the shed talking to dead Jackie. (laughs) Um, Also, because if you think about it, um, they killed the bear at the end of season one, which you think would provide them with a lot of food for quite a long time. And Shauna points out in the one of the first episodes that rations are low and they have to cut back again because they don't have a lot left. So I'm assuming that me like that has to mean quite a bit of time's gone by because that bear was huge. That bear should have sustained them for longer than two months, I thought. Giant bear. Giant yeah. bear. And let's, I mean, somebody was sneaking the food. We know, you know, Javi was potentially sneaking into the meat shed and taking some of the rations so it could have mm-hmm. disappeared. But that would be a lot, you know to go missing as well. So I don't know. And also Travis and Natalie have been out exploring the surrounding wilderness and that obviously is going to take some time. We know that they went about seven miles in each direction from the cabin. Mm -hmm. And 
that's a good amount of ground to cover considering the fact that there's like feet of snow on the ground. They have no gear. They have no idea where they're going or where they are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that's going to take some time too, to, to do all that. And in 2021, no more than a few days have gone by in between seasons. Uh, Adam was just reported missing on the news and Misty was on one of those citizen detective boards, like a Reddit kind of thing, in season two. And the post that she read referenced the mini golf date that Shauna and Adam had. And it said in the post that that had only been a week ago. Oh, so. interesting. Interesting. And, you know, Kaylee also pointed out, of course, Halloween, definitely a marker for the Shauna Adam party, mm-hmm. which is a tight timeline, you know, between yeah. that and the election. So, yeah, a lot of things are happening very fast mm-hmm. in the adult timeline. And Natalie is kidnapped and then brought to Lottie's compound. So not a lot of time could have gone by in between those two things happening either. Yep, that is very true. The passage of time, like which do you prefer from the standpoint of the time going by? Do you prefer the adult timeline where it's moving much faster or the teen timeline with it being a slower passage of time? I, I don't know, honestly. I really I kind know. of like how fast it goes in the adult timeline, but to me it just doesn't seem believable that it's only yeah. been like 2 weeks over 3 seasons. So from that standpoint, you know. I wonder if that'll change if the passage of time will change in future seasons if we'll see longer periods of time in the adult timeline like we see with the teens. I can see a time jump in the present day for sure, you know, after the fallout of Nat's death, like maybe a yeah. six month time jump or something where we're seeing the fallout. Is Misty still with Walter? Uh, what's going on with the Sadekis? Is Lottie still committed? Is Van still yeah. alive? I mean, lots of questions. So I could see a, a time jump perhaps serving them well to get them out of this, you know. Yeah. Whole situation. And speaking of whole situations, one of my biggest cons of the show and I think of the adult timeline in general, Saracusa, (laughs) the police procedural. Our friend Ro, who we've done some episodes with, we were supposed to do something with her on how they lean on this as such a crutch in season two. And it's too much. And again, we've talked about this, Walter and wrapping everything up in the bow. Mm -hmm. Why did Kevin Tan have to die instead of Saracusa? Why even have this guy? He's so creepy. Everything about him. For me, he's probably one of the worst parts of the entire entire show. Like, I hate him. I don't like him. I feel like they made Kevin Tan die and not Saracusa because this isn't going to go away. Like, he's going to come back and be a thorn in their side and cause them problems because we've all been wondering, where do the adults go from here? Yeah. And like Kaylee thing, I feel like the way it ended, it almost felt like a series finale with the adult timeline, which does allow for this big time jump. You know what I was thinking would be fun? We should start putting our show notes in our... um, in the Patreon so people can read that. Oh, yeah. you, you do such a great job and you're so thorough and comprehensive. Thank and you. I feel like people could just get so much information. I mean, of course we talk about it, but there's yeah. some things we miss. You're, you're so mm-hmm. comprehensive. So if any of our patrons are interested in that, just a little thing that we could do. Sign yeah. Out. That would be cool. Yeah. Some morbid does it. And I love, I love morbid. Like they're my favorite podcast besides us. <laughs> <laughs> cons let's talk about let's continue with the cons of the adult timeline then like what for you I mean I assume you also feel strongly about Saracusa but what are some of the other cons would you say in the present day 
A lot of the fandom seem to have a problem with Callie. They don't like her. They think she's annoying. They think she gets too much screen time. And I personally think the way season two ended, that Callie's presence on the show is only going to grow and become bigger. And she kind of annoyed me in the first season. But season two, I liked her. She she made me laugh. Um, I like the fact that Shauna and her kind of like broke through that like tension and are getting along and Callie sees her mom in a completely different light now because she knows so much more about her. Completely different. Yeah. Completely different. Um, The way, and like Kaylee just said, the way things ended in season two, it honestly felt more like a series finale than it did a season finale with Lottie going to the hospital, us finding out that Van has terminal cancer. These are things that just seem like they would come at the very end of something and not like the midpoint. Right. I mean, it almost could be, excuse me, could be a a series finale, just the way that they did it. And um, ANs here, the cop storyline and Walter wrapping it all up is one of the main things that ruined season two for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. seriously, I just said it like could not agree more, could not agree more. (laughs) And Emily, to your point of Callie and other people that don't like her, you know, and how much screen time she gets, what other reason would they have for giving her all the screen time unless she was going to be coming a bigger part of the story in season three i think it's the logical mm-hmm. progression yeah. otherwise she would still be that kind of secondary you know character but she's yeah. just getting more and more as time goes <laughs> i actually wrote in the notes the entire police storyline of season two sarah douche we hated sarah, <laughs> sarah so much. Douche. <laughs> <laughs> what a great actor though to be able to play yeah. such a dickhead i mean honestly to make an entire audience and fandom hate you that much i mean and i'm just going on a limb by saying most everybody hates him um great actor great acting terrible character great writing to create such a terrible character but too much saracusa like kaylee saying too much focus on the police storyline wanted more care to the adult relationships ty was kind of dropped besides how she's with van i mean ty was completely dropped that's a big one for me too is where the fuck is Steve? What's happening with Simone? <laughs> Who is watching Sammy? Again, not yeah. a lot of time has passed, but these are still valid questions. Even for a day and a half, where's your son? Like, where is yeah. he? What's yeah. going on? Is your dog dead? Is it on an altar somewhere? And the Ty Van thing, like, we didn't even get Van until episode yes. four. Could we have yes. not had more Lauren Ambrose in season two? <laughs> I mean, like, is that too much to ask? I, maybe she yeah. was wrapping up Servant. I don't know, but... One of the bigger cons for me, I think, out of the adult timeline, at least in season two, was them all being separated. The show is so much better when when all the women are together. Their storylines all separated. It just seemed very scattered. And the energy and the dynamic that they have when they're all together on screen is just amazing. Yes. So amazing. That moment when they all got together at Lottie's compound again was like goosebumps. I love the mm-hmm. Avengers yellow jackets look where they're all just <laughs> kind of standing there, you know. I yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. I love it when they got back together. And that's when the action really started picking up again. Yeah. And all these secondary storylines, you know, kind of went to the wayside a little yep. bit. But yeah, that is another really big con, I think, with the adult timeline. Like more adult togetherness is what we Yeah. Think. I hope that going forward, it's not them all separated again. Because I feel like the the adult timeline is at its strongest when they are together. 
Yes. And can I just tell you in your notes, I really love when you do all caps, like Sarah Dusha, <laughs> and we, we hated him so much. Like the uppercase, like really just, it comes across. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like we've said about the police storyline, much of the fandom felt like it took up entirely too much time. A lot of time was wasted on that storyline. That could have gone so elsewhere. Much, so like, much wasted Like time. Ty. Like we were just saying, like Ty. Who is the man with no eyes? Why is she seeing him? And to your point, where the fuck is Sammy? <laughs> right? And is Simone, like, going to be dying? I mean, she's she drew the whole symbol on her. Is that yeah. something to protect her? Or is that, like, a mark of death? Now, I mean, I just... Mm -hmm. I know. So many questions. But you know what? There are some positives with the present-day timeline. What would you say your biggest positive is with the, with the adult timeline? I think it's been really interesting to meet all of the adult women and see how the experience in the wilderness kind of affected them all individually because, I mean, they're all extremely different people and they all deal with their problems in completely different ways. <laughs> so yeah. that one was a good, a big one for me. And the introduction of the new adult survivors in season two with Ban and Lottie, I really enjoyed that. Um, in season one, Natalie and Misty together – my favorite duo of the entire show. Like love, to this day. love. And you actually got to attend MegaCon in Orlando and ask Juliette Lewis a question. I did. And you asked her what was her favorite scene to film. And mm -hmm. of course, what did she say? She said that her favorite scene to film was the scene, any scenes that she shot with Christina Ritchie yep. and the scene in the hotel room where she has the freak out moment with the face cream on her face. <laughs> yep. I love that she referenced Christina and, you know, just yeah. said it's so great working with her. I think that's really cute. And, and I completely agree. Those two together on screen are just such a dynamic duo. Everything from the first moment, you know, with, with the gun yeah. and, and Juliette Lewis, mm -hmm. you know, coming into Misty's house. I just, they're so great. They're gold. And that might be yeah. my number one thing altogether, I think, for the adult timeline. And like you said, too, seeing the adults they've become <laughs> and Betty and Joan. <laughs> I love that. Um, and like the trauma, seeing how the trauma has impacted yeah. their lives is very compelling because, of course, this whole show is rooted in trauma, overcoming mm -hmm. it, survival, et cetera. So really this trauma manifesting itself is is also quite compelling, I think. Who do you think in the adult timeline deals with it the best? Ooh, the best. I mean, I think Thaisa makes it seem on the surface like she is. But of course, we know behind the scenes, she's sleepwalking. She's like killing yeah. dogs and cutting off their heads. Yeah. But also, she's a state senator. She won a senatorial race. So you can't be a complete schlub and win an election you know, and not have your shit together. But behind the scenes, I think she's the worst of all because she oh, yeah. has all of this unresolved stuff. Oh, now, yeah. Shauna, on the other hand, comes off as like a suburban housewife and this and that, but she's also chopping up rabbits from her yard to make mm -hmm. chili and like holding people at gunpoint mm -hmm. and, you know, different things. And it just reminds me of the conversation they all had in the minivan uh, between Nat, yeah. Shauna, and Ty, where Nat kind of said, you know, we're all messed up. You guys just have a better – you do a better job of hiding it because you've got yep. family. You've got other things. Yep. So from that standpoint, I feel like they're all still very fucked up in their own different ways. Uh, they agree. just – some hide it better than others I think is – Yes, as Anne said – 
none of the none of them, but some are better at pretending. <laughs> is it so, Anne yeah. or is is this anonymous knife A N from Twitter or is it Anne? I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But <laughs> anyway, just curious. <laughs> um, another pro for me was it when, like we just said, the show is at its strongest when the women come together, the adult women come together. So that was a huge pro for me when they all got together at Lottie's compound, seeing them all dancing around the fire together and actually enjoying each other's company. Oh, Shauna's knife. Yes. I know. I I think I mixed up your handle or whatever, but I assumed it was you. So anyway, thank you for joining. Nice to see you here. Appreciate that. Another Um, one would be Walter and Misty together for sure. That was another big one for me. Their dynamic was great. I love the way they bounced off each other. Their citizen detective duo, the Sherlock and Moriarty. I just, I loved everything about it. I also love Walter and Misty. I love Elijah Wood. I just, they are really great together. And you know what? If we can't have Nat and Misty together, he's a good secondary person to have on screen. I agree. My hope is that the present day timeline will get even more compelling because I'm still holding out for Coach Ben to be revealed as a survivor. And I think that shit will really hit the fan when that happens. And I feel like not only does the present day timeline need a time jump, it also needs another survivor. And Coach Ben would be the most compelling for me. Akila, I think, would be great. I don't know about, you know, Jen, Melissa, but uh, give me some Coach Ben. Let's put some prosthetics and makeup on Steven Kruger. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Team Ben, he was framed. Yeah, I mean, evidence points to him burning the cabin down. But as we all know, evidence is not always correct with yellow jackets. They True. have red herrings left and right. It almost seems True. too obvious. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm still holding out hope that he sent the postcards and he will be revealed. and. Yes. That would be the most epic twist. I would Best. live for that. Yep. I mean, apparently I'm not the only one. It looks like other people definitely would not mind Ben coming either. And they've killed off Kevin Tan. So, you know, room mm-hmm. for another male in the mix, if you will. So We've had this discussion between the two of us, but for everyone watching, what would you prefer? Would you prefer if we saw Coach Ben to have it be Steven Kruger aged or a new actor? I think for authenticity, aged using makeup and prosthetics, just after seeing what a great job they do in various shows, but especially This Is Us. I think This Is Us is mm-hmm. one of the shows that's done one of the best jobs with aging, Mandy yeah. Moore in particular, yep. throughout all of her stages of life. And I think they could do a very believable job with Steven Kruger. And I just feel I like they too. need him and they need that energy. It might not feel as believable to me if they went with another actor. I agree. I think it would be so much better if it was him. Jessica agrees. Sylvia agrees. Yep. Carrie, I hope he survived and sent the postcards. (laughs) Yes. You're not alone in that hope. (laughs) Yep. And you know what? Like Kelly said, he'd be a cool tether between the timelines. So Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. I love Steven Kruger. I do too. I forget who he's married to. I just saw a picture of him and his wife. I was like, oh, I didn't know who he's oh, married. Oh, he's married? To. I didn't I know think that. He, or maybe it's a girlfriend. I don't know. I'll have to Google it. Maybe somebody can Google it. But whoever it is, they make a very cute couple. <laughs> Let's hope for Coach Ben in season two. Okay. Yeah. Teen timeline. Let's start with the pros of the teen timeline. What? I mean, there's so many. Where do yeah. we even start, right? Yeah, there were too many for me to list all of them. I could have listed everyone and this would have, my notes would have been like five pages. (laughs) So 
for me, and I know for you as well, this is a really big one, the 90s nostalgia that we get in the teen timeline. Huge. From the clothes to the music to the dialogue, the 90s timeline is flooded with nostalgia, and we are here for it love every second and you know what that's what initially got me into the show i mean the pilot with all the pit girl whatever stuff cannibal council but the music the corn nuts, yeah the co-ed naked i mean the caboodles all of it it is yeah. my jam like 90s all the way so i i mean the 90s were the best decade in my opinion i mean <laughs> were they not sorry for everybody else that was not alive in the 90s um Another one for me was the dynamic between the girls and their different personalities, like getting to know each character and how they interacted with each other was really interesting to see um, and see those relationships form before our very eyes. Yeah, the only shot of them all together. But there's two of them in that picture that I don't recognize and I don't recognize as extras either. So I feel like those were the two who Jen, one of them. Oh, no, because Jen was in season one, huh? She was, yeah. She was. So hmm. so they either perished or they were other background actors and they just cut down on the number of background actors. And that was the pilot too, so. Yep, yep, exactly. Things yeah. change. Things change. Um, the, and the 90s timeline just had so much action. So much happened in both seasons. Like the wolf attack, Laura Lee blowing oh. up, Jackie's death, Shauna's pregnancy, Javi going missing, the card ritual being established, the hunting of Natalie and the eventual death of Javi. Yeah, the passing of power from Lottie to Natalie was a big one for me. Uh, Crystal and Misty's friendship, loved that. Find yes. Ty's sleepwalking. The list just like it goes on and on and on and on. Like I added so many pictures for this episode just because I knew <laughs> there were things that I'd want to talk about and I wouldn't remember unless I had a picture of it. I know. And it's funny. People probably are like, what is Melanie always looking at? But I'm either <laughs> looking at my phone, which is right over here, which has Emily's comprehensive notes, or I'm looking at the pictures, which is on the other side of my screen, figuring out when to show. Like maybe someday if we're super fancy, we can have like a backstage producer like put up the pictures for us. But until then, I will continue to look at the pictures. And there are a lot of them because there was so much action in the teen timeline i mean season one especially was just yeah from start to finish start to finish and you know i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say the opening scene of the pilot with the pit girl and cannibal council for me is one of the best pilot scenes of all time i mean i just hope it can pay it off live up to the hype and give us more of that like very season five There have been very few shows that I've watched that have managed to pull me in completely within like the first five minutes of watching it. I am a huge Game of Thrones fan, but I watched the first couple episodes one time before and I didn't care for it. Gave up on it a couple years later, went back to it and I loved it. Yep. But with Yellow Jackets, it was immediately from the first scene i'm like give me more of this right now yeah and not a lot of shows do that so major props um you know kaylee mentioned the jackie feast felt very worth the imagery and i agree with that like we were literally like drooling to get the cannibalism finally and i think even with the bite of the ear was pretty shocking but 
then to go into the the snacky situation and the way mm-hmm. that they did it, you know, interspersing the Grecian yeah. theme was just really beautifully done. I mean, it, it was, was beautiful imagery and it was a way to kind of lessen the blow of mm-hmm. that initial cannibalism. And I mean, then we have Travis biting into his brother's I was just going to bring that up. (laughs) I mean, what? That was wild. I did not see that coming. I didn't even think he was going to be able to eat Javi in general. No. But to bite the raw heart, which I get is, you know, a sacred, uh, like, ritualistic type thing, I believe, in Native cultures. Not positive. But, uh, yeah, that was really crazy to watch. I think that was him in a way showing them that he was okay with them eating him too because right that's so personal like his heart that's so personal <laughs> Ooh. and I mean he has to buy into it because he doesn't want to be next right so yeah. if he's out there being all oh I can't believe you guys did this blah 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 and you know kind of like coach Ben was doing then yeah odds are you might be next Travis it's not like you're all high up on the you know rankings here anyway so no definitely not no um another one for me was the fact that the teen timeline left off on such a cliffhanger it was in season two the 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 cabin burning down I remember watching it the first time and I'm like did that just really happen oh my god yeah I rewound it and watched it immediately like what before it happened I was thinking like that's how they're going to end the teen timeline. That doesn't seem right. And then obviously we see Shauna discover that the cabin's on fire. And I was like, wow, that was not what I was expecting to happen at all. Did not see that coming. It's the perfect thing to catapult them into what we see in season one. They have no shelter anymore. So I feel like that's going to take them down a notch and make them act even crazier. Right. I mean, and things are already crazy. I mean, yeah. the whole hobby situation was really, was really hard to watch. And if we're talking about sad things, oh my God, I can't, I still can't even rewatch Key. Like it is yeah. just too, too much, yeah. but emotionally impactful. And for me, that's a pro because I mean, I was crying. That was, that was hard hitting, you know? Yes. I agree, Carrie. <laughs> Lottie laughing hysterically after they got out of the cabin was perfect. Yeah, that is very on brand. Yeah. She did. She did. Why? I mean, I mean, the underground tunnel with the candles and stuff, we've always speculated mm -hmm. that that has to do with her discovering an underground mine or tunnel. But what if all of the candles and the fire were more symbolic and like all that fire was symbolic of a premonition of the cabin burning down? Because the candles were black underground, right? They weren't white, which would signify evil to me. So I don't know. Maybe that's way out there. I still think there's something to the underground situation. And it it could be a premonition with that, obviously. But just in thinking about the visuals of all of the flames and the fire and the candles and then, you know, the fire. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Some people have speculated that with the cabin burning down, it's going to reveal an entrance to some kind of a tunnel or a mine or another cave like we see that Ben finds underneath the cabin. Oof. I mean, there was all that dripping, which we suspect is probably a hallucination, but who knows? Maybe part of that was not a hallucination yeah. so maybe mm-hmm. it's tied into the underground Oof. yeah 
That's what I need in the teen timeline. Like I need them to finally reveal why was that moss smelting and why are the symbols on the trees? Like there's still a lot of mystery to be had. Still got a few seasons to go, but uh, more mystery in the teen timeline, obviously, than the adult. But let me tell you, I might change my view on which is more compelling if Coach Ben comes back and sent the postcards in the present day. Like that is what I need for season three. That would change things a lot. I will keep saying it constantly. Until We're going to manifest it. I sure hope so. We'll have to pay close attention to Steven Kruger's like Instagram and see. I don't know. I mean, we're not going to get any clues from Instagram. So, oh, well. Probably not. No. Probably not. You know what I would like, though, is casting news. That yeah. would be really nice. I'm hoping that if there is an additional survivor in the adult timeline, that they keep that information to the- themselves. Yes. But- I hope if there are new additions to possibly like the adult timeline, like we saw with Walter, like they secondary characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be breadcrumbs. Give us some breadcrumbs. But I could use a big reveal. I mean, a time jump, a big reveal. Like we need some spiffing up in the present day here. We need some spiffing. Yeah, we do. So hopefully we'll be getting it. Now, cons to the teen timeline. What are some of your negatives and drawbacks for the 96? It was really hard for me to come up with cons, honestly. (laughs) Um, But one would be that we, and we've already discussed this a little bit, we are no closer to figuring out who Pit Girl is than we were at the beginning of season one. Will the payoff be worth it? Some people say that it will be cheap and not as suspenseful if Pickerel ends up being a random red shirt that had no plot development whatsoever. And I kind of agree with that because it seemed like it, I mean, that scene seemed very significant, the Pickerel scene, Cannibal Council scene. So I I don't know. If it was just a random girl, I feel like that would just be not as exciting. It's got to be Jenner Mari. I feel like it has to be. I don't feel like... Okay, if they introduce more new extras in the yeah. team timeline, which they might because we did see those extra three in the okay. card draw scene, I don't know, that does kind of annoy me. And one con I have, I think, with the team timeline is how they introduce those new extras. I mean, they just kind of jumped in with them in season yeah. two. And I mean, what other choice did they have? But it just it took a little getting used to, I think. Yeah. Is the way. And I like Melissa and Jen. And, you know, I love Crystal. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's great. It just was like felt abrupt and I like needed to get to know them a little bit. And we're still getting to know them. So. Oh, yeah. look. Somebody agrees with what you just said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Adding more extras and characters that have been there from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, you know, I understand they need more people to eat and whatnot, but. Yeah. At the same time, it just felt a little like the cabin's only so big. And they did build a bigger one, I I believe, on the soundstage than the actual one they used in season one. So there was more room in there. That doesn't mean you have to fill it with more bodies necessarily. But, you know, I just kind of hope they don't introduce more like they did in season two. But I think they're going to because we saw them in the card draw scene. So. And they were standing in when we see the cabin on fire and it pans out at the very end of the episode and it shows the cabin from overhead. You see the group all standing there and there's a group of three people standing off to the side away from them. So See, I initially thought those three were Akilah, Melissa, and Jen, but 
I don't think so. Don't think so. Okay. Mm-mm. I'm going to have to recap. Gosh. But yeah, I assume that they're coming. So it, it'll, you know, just take more, more getting used to. Yeah. Another one for me would be um, Javi's storyline. Why make him go missing only to kill him off a few episodes later? Was it because Luciano is growing and aging and he's aging quicker than will look realistic in the show? I, I mean, think that's that a huge part of it. Yeah. I mean, he, we interviewed him and he grew six inches between season one and season two. And I mean, it's only going to get more noticeable as you go. I mean, he joked about, like, growing a beard, you know, but, I mean, (laughs) everything about it, like, his voice, I mean, you know, it's a change of life time of life. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just – I don't know that they would have had a choice because I think all of the girls play older than they are, but Javi definitely with another long hiatus, it would be – it would not be believable. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, his voice sounded like it changed between seasons. So Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, another con for a lot of people uh, would be Travis. <laughs> and Travis <laughs> In and general. Natalie specifically. <laughs> um, a lot of people felt that their relationship was given too much focus and they really didn't like it because their relationship wasn't exactly – healthy if you will yeah um and they felt like annoyed that natalie was focusing all of her attention on a guy that really bothered a lot of people yeah i mean travis was definitely a dick sometimes but i think that his journey in season two was one of the most interesting just because of all the things that he went through And I feel so bad for him by the end of season two. Like, he went through it, man. Like, for real. He lost his dad. He lost his brother. And then got his brother back only for his brother to die. Like, his brother essentially died twice to him. Ugh. It's so hard hitting. And then, of course, to see the manner in which he died, which, by the way, we still do not have all the answers to either because mm-hmm. we don't believe a word Lottie says. No. Uh, which is which is another thing. Like the whole Lottie-Travis death thing for the adult timeline for me just felt, I don't know, just – I just want to know the truth. I just want to know the truth. We know she's lying just because – she hallucinated seeing Laura Lee as a demon. And when she told Natalie the story about what happened, she conveniently left that part out. Yeah. And didn't say, and didn't tell her like, Oh, the reason why I forgot to push the button is because I was hallucinating something. Yeah. And, and maybe like lie isn't the right term because you know, if it is mental illness manifesting itself, then it's something that she actually just can't help, you know? And it's, just kind of embedded but regardless we know that her version of the truth is very different than what we suspect happens so yes yes and you know mixed bag who i believe is kim uh i love the travis and nat relationship in season one and it felt weird that nat ended up seemingly losing interest in season two and you know something that was weird for me was that whole travis and nat sex scene too like with the whole lottie envisioning like that That felt weird that felt a little strange to me too. I wouldn't put it as a con necessarily, but it was it was strange. And maybe just to establish Lottie in this light as kind of like this sacred person. I get yeah. that, but I don't know. Yeah. Didn't love it. No. Oh, yes. Hi, Kim. I, I thought either. it was you. 
I should also shout out our Instagram viewers. We recently just started streaming on Instagram, and I can see over in my other window here, we've got some people joining and comments. So thank you guys for watching there. It's a new functionality yeah. with StreamYard. We used to stream on Twitter, and now we decided to go on Instagram. So hey, Insta people. Thanks. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there was another one that I just had in my head, and now I can't remember. Oh, we have Ryan, who's backstage, one of our patrons, saying, we know that Lottie's narration isn't fully honest, but do we know that what we saw on screen isn't accurate? Fair point. We may not. Um, I, I mean, it may or may not be accurate. It, it could be, and maybe there's just yeah. some exaggeration, you know, with what happened. But um, I still think there's somebody else involved with it, like – Things oh, just are not care. like things don't feel right still with the whole Travis death thing. And, you know, I personally think there's a chance that Lottie, maybe she didn't sacrifice him, but she didn't save him because she thought that rewarding it, it. with something would bring the adult women back together again. And that's what she wanted to happen. Right. And it'll be interesting to me to see whether or not Lottie being committed again is a pro or a con for the adult timeline. I mean, yeah. is she still going to be there when season three starts? Is this going to be, I mean, she was in an institution for 25 years before yeah. or, you know, around there. Um, is it going to be a pro or a con her storyline with her mental health? I'm really interested to see if someone tries to break her out. That's what I was just going to say. Is I mean, that would be really cool. Like that that would be a pro. Yeah. Um, if we're just getting random scenes of her, you know, locked up, I don't know how compelling that is. But yeah, I'm sure I they agree. have a plan. I'm sure they have a plan. Yeah, I agree. I think her going and them breaking her out would be really fitting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it would be great storyline. I would uh. I would I would enjoy seeing that. And I would not be surprised if we saw some uh, Callie Lottie scenes happening yeah. in season three. Uh, the comment that Lottie made about so Tashana, like super creepy, super daughter, creepy. She's so powerful. Like you've never met her before. That that was just weird. Yeah. And that scene also made me wonder, I know we've had this discussion before, if Callie was the only natural born child of any of the survivors and that's why there's such significance placed on her oh that because could be we don't know who sammy's mom is we don't know if it's simone or ty who gave birth to sammy or neither maybe i mean maybe yeah. he's adopted i mean it you know yeah. could be could be neither um uh, yeah that's or if you know he is biologically ties then is he the next generation? Are him and Callie somehow going to become intertwined? Wow. That would be very interesting. But Aiden Stocks, who plays um, Sammy, how are they going to deal with the yeah. aging of him? Are they going to have to recast? That's another one. I feel like maybe the only other character where it could be a potential issue with the aging situation. So, I feel like there's potential for like Sammy to be kind of like Ty because – of what we see like with his drawings the drawings that we see are oh, so yes. creepy and so detailed and they're things that he shouldn't know about right um, like why is he drawing all the eyes and the weird circles and what looks like the man with no eyes yep. i mean seen it for himself because right. i highly doubt taisa has ever told sammy anything that happened to her when they were in the wilderness he might not even know i mean he probably okay. knows 
he knows what happened to her, like, because people call her a cannibal and stuff like that. But right. he doesn't know the details, obviously. He's a little kid. And yeah. there's no reason why anybody would ever tell him anything like that. No, it's way too soon. Some things you just don't need to share with your kids until they're yeah. much older. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I speak from experience. <laughs> uh, but I mean, just overall, oh, okay. What, I wouldn't be surprised if he's recast, kind of like Liam and Shameless. Yeah, oh, good I remember point, that. Liam and Shameless. That is a good one. And maybe another actor will be cast to make a bigger role for the character. That makes a yeah. lot of sense, too, because they have to resolve it in some way. Yeah, they have just to resolve it, it in some way. If I don't find out where Steve and Sammy are and Simone's fate within the first like two episodes of season three, I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, oh, uh, Tawny Snipers did say in an interview that <clears throat> we will get more on Taisa's storyline in season three. So I think there's going to be a shift and there's going to be a bigger focus on her. And we're going to get a lot of answers to things that we all want to know. Definitely. And, you know, Ryan in the uh, backstage is asking, why is he drawing the Antler Queen? Another really good question. Like, how does he exactly. know this? I mean, he has to be manifesting it from the same place where Ty manifests this man with no eyes that her grandmother also saw. And yeah. we've done a little research, and I don't believe this is like a genetic situation. No. But it's got to be supernatural then, right? Because mm -hmm. and we've debated heavily on the supernatural versus logical. And the funny thing is everything has a supernatural or logical explanation. But this particular thing, I can't think of a logical explanation as to why this boy is drawing all this weird shit. None. Literally like none. Zero. None. Mm -mm. Yeah. There is none. <laughs> Kennedy saying, I think he's genetically ties, but Simone gave birth to him. I think that would make that's sense. possible. Um, and really, I mean, it doesn't matter biologically, like which one of theirs he no. is. But from the standpoint of wanting to know if he's inheriting some of this Thai stuff, yeah, compelling for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I think you know we've gone through a lot of the pros and cons. I stand by my assessment that I really, I fucking love the teen timeline. I love it. I love pretty much everything about it. Yeah. I relate to the adult timeline, though. I relate to these women at their age and, you know, their lives. I don't relate to, like, chopping up rabbits and silly <laughs> or, you know, I'm not, like, out there murdering people, but just, You're Not cutting you know, off any dogs' from, heads. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's relatable. Like, you know, you're out there living life. I have a hard time relating to teens that are eating each other in the wilderness. It's been a long time since I was a teenager. Never ate anybody. So, um, but God, there's so much action in the teen timeline. Yeah. I just, it's so good. Ooh, one more con in the adult timeline. Ooh. Natalie's death. <laughs> oh, you know what? How did we not mention that? And there is a picture in here. It's the last one. Very, yeah. very suiting. I think a lot of people were like, also, why was Travis not in the airplane? Yes. Uh, it's it's yes. understandable why we saw Javi, like why we saw Lottie, but um, like no travel. I felt like it was a missed opportunity. It would have been so impactful for her to see him because yeah. he was obviously very important to her. Very yeah. important to her. So yeah, that bothered me. She and saw Lottie, right? She saw Lottie? She did. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. For a second, I was thinking, and it. it really. I mean, I know the fandom had extremely mixed feelings about her death, and a lot of people were very, very upset about it. Felt like it was very premature, um, and just never saw Natalie not being a part of the show. Yeah, that definitely was abrupt. Although I feel like people were kind of speculating that 
Juliette Lewis would leave the show, whether it was, you know, for personal reasons or maybe this was the story the whole time. I'm interested once the entire series wraps up to hear from Ashley and Bart, you know, was it, was all of this planned or did like what changed as they went through? Cause they can have yeah. a plan in their head, but you know, you're at the whim of a network production company and they're in the writer's room and new ideas come up. So I'm curious to know if that was always the intention to end, you know, end her life at the end of season two, or if there were extenuating circumstances that had them speed it up. I personally think that um, it was always planned just because Julia Lewis said at Megacon that she prefers to work on movies to TV shows because TV shows are a lot longer of a commitment. They're year long, they're years long commitment. Whereas a movie, you're only there for a couple months, you move on to the next project. Right. And that's just her preference. So I think that when they pitched it to her, they told her that you're only going to be signed on for these, for this amount of time. So like, will you commit? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I've thought that maybe moving forward, they will get rid of an adult cast member at the finale of each season. So I would imagine that would end with Shauna. If I was guessing who they'd lose at the end of season three, maybe Van, give her a two season arc. She's got the cancer, but she won't die from the cancer. It'll be some other thing that'll surprise us. So I don't think that's going to be how she dies if she dies. Yeah, so we'll see. But, you know, speaking of compelling things along with the show, besides the timelines, let's just talk about the marketing really quick and Mm -hmm. how how smart they have been. And there's, of course, a transition between Showtime and Paramount, which means a fresh opportunity. Now, some of the wins Showtime had, Emily, from their marketing, like what was your favorite of the different marketing things that they employed? Oh, I mean... When they sent us the jacket in the crate, that was obviously a huge one. That I mean, the crate made noise. <laughs> it screamed when you opened it. Like, the screams from the night of Doom coming when they were hunting Travis. <laughs> so, I thought that was really cool. Um, Love that. Obviously, the, the clue sheets that we got every week for season two were a huge yep. one. That was so awesome to get those clues. So smart. And they had the Yule log last holiday season where they just had the, you know, the log burning. Um, Oh, my God, Kaylee. I love that. She has a framed gallery in her living room of all the letters. I keep mine right now in my crate and I had them on like a murder board bulletin board. But I want to do that. I want to frame mine as well. Yeah, I do. Cute idea. Such smart marketing. Uh, And then there was the time they had the candle burning. Where we all just sat and watched a candle burn before the trailer, which was really cool. Like the fact that you can just get people to sit there and watch a candle burning. And it was a a long time too. It was a long ass. (laughs) It was a big candle. There was a lot of wax going on there. (laughs) A lot of wax. But it was at least a half hour. I mean, and we're all just sitting there like texting each other, like, oh my God, yeah. that That was highly exciting. And I'm excited for them to ramp up to start promoting season three. You know, it'll be the last quarter of the year, I'm sure, maybe before. But I am hoping the Paramount team, they've got big shoes to fill, Showtime. Um, What an amazing creative marketing team they had. And I really look forward to seeing what Paramount brings. And yeah. Ooh. God, mail me some more stuff. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I'm surprised. Like they had the Funko release and, you know, I'm wondering like, 
are is there going to be like a Funko party? Like, I don't know. Like there, there's got to be something fun. You know, you, you can't yeah. just mail people varsity jackets and then, you know, not come back stronger. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. True. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Yes. Me too. Yes. Well, this was a lot of fun. I think our hope is that for everybody who ends up rewatching later, you comment and you let us know which timeline is more compelling yeah. for you. You know, I think most people skew towards the teens, but you know what? There are a lot of fans of the adult timeline out there and they yeah. both have their pros and cons. Let's face it. Like they're both good in their own ways. Mm-hmm. That teen timeline, pretty good. Yeah. It just reigns supreme in my head. It really does. It really does. I mean, just so many things. But yeah. I, I am hoping that we get more excitement this upcoming season, like in the form of maybe more pit girl content. Yes, please. I'm dying for that. Like dying. Literally, literally dying. Oh, you know what? Shauna's knife. I like the adult one better, but I know I'm in the minority. So there are a lot of people that like the adults. And uh, she's a big Melanie Linsky fan. So naturally, and we should just point out like the powerhouse acting abilities, which is something we didn't mention, of course, but the acting in the adult timeline, like these women are seasoned pros and they They are are. so good. And you know what? Like the teens are also very good at what they do and and the timeline itself is great. But from an acting and talent standpoint, I mean, you can't get better than Melanie Linsky and Juliette Lewis and Tawny Cypress. And I mean, gosh, you know, Elijah Wood, Lauren Ambrose, I mean, Simone Castle, Christina Ricci, they're all just so incredibly talented. So that is a huge pro. And I'm actually really glad that we are closing the show with that because I mean, that might be the biggest pro of all. It's just the sheer talent in the present day timeline. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Kim says she likes the timelines equally in season one, season two preferred the teens for sure. I cannot wait to see what season three holds. I want to come back and do this show again after season three. And I want to say, you know what? I think the season three adult timeline is the best of all. And <laughs> you know what will make that happen? Coach Another Matt. survivor. Coach yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we'll revisit this again once we have our third timeline and once we have another season. But yes. until then, drop some comments. Visit yellowjacketshive.com. We've always got content coming for you guys. And we appreciate you all. Yes. It's been fun. Always. So. Is. Until we spill again.